Are you ready to question everything you know about money and success? I set out to build a healthy relationship with money, but along the way, realized that no money issue is actually about money. Join me as I break down my old beliefs and learn what's really true. I'm Noe Kalfa, and this is the 90 Day Money Challenge. Every morning I wake up, I sit down and do the work. I'm gonna solve my money issues forever and ever. Wow, there's really nobody here to cut me off. Okay, let's get into our day here. It's day 52 of my 90-day money challenge, and today I'm doing the work on I need to buy the best thing. And if you're uh, tuning in on the day of this release, it's Black Friday. I intentionally lined that up uh, because Black Friday involves a lot of buying things. And for me, a big pattern is I need to buy the best thing. And I'm curious if for you, you have a pattern, even if it's I need to buy the best gift, uh, whether it's for you or for somebody else, I need to find the perfect gift. I need to, to get the, the best item, the thing that brings me the most status or the most whatever it is to be happy. I need to buy the best thing to be happy. Where this came up for me and where it keeps coming up is basically anytime I shop. Anytime that I shop, uh, I get stuck around hours of research to find the best thing. I have to find the best thing. And so shopping has become one of the most stressful experiences. So I've spent most of my time trying to avoid it. And then as we'll see later on, I kind of enter into this addictive binging, purging cycle with it. Um, and most recently, uh, if you've been following along each day, you'll know that I've been trying to replace my desk, my work desk, um, because I want to get a, a mic boom stand that actually can clamp onto the end of the desk, and you can't do that on this desk. And I want to get a nightstand. God, the elusive nightstand. And so part of what's been uh, stressful about it is that I just keep doing more research because I'm not satisfied that it's yet the best thing. So it's just ripe with scarcity and endless comparisons because there are just so many places that make nightstands. There's just infinite nightstands. And to find the best one, I actually have to go through all of them, which is in a weird way what happens when I go online. And it's also the problem with online shopping is that because there are thousands or millions of places that are selling items and they're, and they're selling dozens or more items, there's infinite to go through. So finding the best thing has actually become a logistical problem, an impossible problem to solve. And that's big part of why it brings up so much stress and why I want to question it and get to the bottom of it and find out is this really true that I need to buy the best thing? So let's dive into the work here. First question, I need to buy the best thing. Is it true? 
right? You can think of it as I need to buy the best thing to be happy or I need to buy the best thing to make this other person happy if it's a gift. I need to buy the best thing. The first thing that comes up is like, yeah, I've been spending all of this time doing all of this research to buy the best thing because if I don't, then I'm not going to be happy with what I get. Right? It's like, uh, you know, even if it's with food, uh, I need to get the best avocado. Nobody wants a crappy avocado. I need, I do need to buy the best thing. Right? The next question is the same as the first, but it invites you in a step deeper. Can I absolutely know that it's true without a doubt that I need to buy the best thing? And for this one, I know that I tend to move pretty quickly in these videos and in this uh, podcast now. Um, and part of what I'm trying to do is get you the information um, and, and share what I've learned. But when you do this on your own, sit with it. And if that means pausing, uh, pausing this episode and just sitting with that question, I need to buy the best thing. Can I absolutely know that that's true? Listen for a deep yes or a deep no. Wait and find that. So when I really tuned in, I started to see things, right? You'll start to, your mind will start to give you uh, all of the answers that you need. So I started to see that when I look at this desk that I want to get, right? I need to get the best desk. And I've been researching for the last few days and longer than that because it took me forever to find the desk that I have. And now I realize that it's not the best desk. I thought it was the best desk. But now I I had to go back and do a whole nother round of shopping. And so it's starting to show me that, well, is there a best desk? I think maybe it's more subjective than that because I, I thought this was the best desk. And then I got it and I set it up and then I realized that actually I needed a different different desk. I needed other capabilities. And so now when I go online and shop, I'm I'm not sure. I'm actually unsure because there doesn't seem to be a best. And what I'm curious about is why why does it need to be the absolute world's best? It's like it needs to be the one that I like the most. It needs to be the one that everybody else likes the most. It needs to be the the most technically proficient. It needs to have to be able to solve all of my problems. This is why you can see that the whole orientation towards needing the best is suspicious. And what I noticed is when I really asked myself, can I absolutely know that it's true that I need to buy the best? I saw that, you know, it's, it seems like this best obsession is really avoiding something. I don't know what it is yet, but I can feel that. So no, I can't absolutely know that it's true that I need to buy the best thing. So let's go in a step deeper. What happens when I believe this thought? Right, because the only way to become free of a thought is to notice in detail whether it's true and then notice whether it's true or not, 
what believing it does and what not believing it does. That's all the work is doing, is it's just showing us with the thought, without the thought, looking at whether it's in line with reality, whether it is reality, whether it's imagination. <clears throat> that's all we need to do again and again, but that's all we need to do in order to become free of these thoughts. It's quite an amazing process. <clears throat> grab a sip of water here. <sighs> okay, so the question number three is, when I believe the thought I need to buy the best thing, how do I react? When I think about this upcoming desk purchase, I get dizzy because there are so many options. Like literally, my, my eyes are sore from looking online for so long. My mind is spinning around all the options. Well, do I want a thin, flat desk? Do I want, how many drawers do I want? There's one drawer, there's two drawers, there's three drawers. Do I want, you know, how do I want it to look? I have all of these sort of qualifications and, you know, different things that I'm weighing back and forth. And then I notice that I feel comforted by brands like Apple that give just one thing. Like here is the MacBook Pro, here is the iPhone, you get one. But then if I really think about it, well actually, then I have to choose between do I want, you know, 64 gigabytes or 256 gigabytes? And do I want the silver one or the black one or the gold one? And do I want this like extra, you know, chip that's got faster processing and do I oh should I get the accessories that go with it the little case and then I got to start shopping for phone cases if it's a phone and then even the comfortable brands that just give me one option actually are giving me many options and so it's really the same thing I still end up dizzy from trying to find the best thing I feel stress I feel anxiety and it's really important to go into somatically what's happening here. Right? Every time you do the work, notice in your body what, what is the effect of the belief? What is the physical effect? Because until you see that, you're never going to believe that. You're never going to see the belief. You're never going to understand, oh, this belief is impacting my life. It's worth questioning. It's worth changing. Right, so when I go in, I feel the anxiety. I feel my forehead scrunching, trying to figure it out. I feel my belly tight because I can't rest and relax until I'm done with this search, which is endless because there are so many options. My jaw is tight because I'm starting to get frustrated and I'm, I'm starting to speed up and I want to like get it done faster and faster because I've been here for hours and hours. And what I realized, the more I go into that body posture that happens for me, I realized that I feel dead inside. There's no joy happening in this experience. It is just pure discomfort. And if we go back, I need to buy the best thing to be happy. And yet I'm miserable trying to buy the best thing. When I looked at the past, I started to open up into, well, why might this thought have come? And what, what, what is this uh, 
what patterns have been going on for years. And so what I saw is that when it came to objects, this, this belief is particularly strong because I always had the knockoff iPod or the, the knockoff what, skateboard, whatever it was. My parents never bought the mainstream best thing. Like I remember all of the different iPods coming out and you know, I, I always had whatever knockoff brand. And at the same time, there were certain things that my parents did value more. And particularly with my mom, it was food. So my mom would spend a lot of money on food, like nice food, you know, fancy cheeses and really nice bread and you know, things like that. And my dad, I, I have this distinct memory um, it's happened all the time, but for some reason I have, I have one memory, and I don't remember the name of the place, but we're in Paris, and he's taken us to a museum because he loves museums, and I don't know how old I, I am. I must have been like seven or eight, and I don't really understand museums. I'm not really into them. They seem like really boring, and you have to do a lot of walking, and I'm always really tired, and there's just like these giant kind of dull paintings and they're supposed to be really fancy but I don't understand why people would pay money to just go in when you could go and watch a movie or something exciting and but my dad insists upon going and and then he, he takes us to the the cafe the, the museum cafe and museum cafes in my mind are notoriously expensive so you get like you know, a little um, mini pie for like $10 that's like the, you know, this, the size of, I don't know, your hands put together. And, um, and I remember that being a stressful experience for him, but he wanted to somehow make it feel uplifted or, you know, it's like what I could pick up on as the kid was just the emotional part. But if I look back, I, I think that's the world that my dad wanted to live in is that, you know, I get to do nice things for myself and here it is. But I'm also stressed about the money that I'm spending, which is kind of exactly what I've inherited here or what is at least happening here is that what I, I need to have the best thing, but I feel stressed about it. And that's part of why I'm doing this endless searching and you know, part of the best thing is it's also the cheapest. It has to be the best and the cheapest together. Um, and so there's this kind of like stress combination that happens that involves some kind of like guilt and excitement mixed in together to create the fuel to go into this endless cycle. And so the obsession cycle is endless researching, and then I hate it, I give up, I put it all aside for a few days, and then I go back into that cycle, right? It's a classic addictive cycle, the binging and the purging. And it just keeps going, keeps going. Um, and how do I treat myself? Well, interestingly, I become so numb to the to what I'm seeing, like with these desks, I don't even know anymore what the best desk is. It feels like after looking at hundreds and hundreds of desks, 
I don't even know what I want anymore. I've sort of gone numb to it. And so I treat my opinions as worthless, which is means I'm treating myself as worthless. Like I, I, I'm sort of edge myself out of the decision-making. And then how do I treat other people? Well, I treat other people as having worthwhile opinions. So I, I will go and ask people, well, is this desk better than that desk? And then I end up making decisions based on other people's uh, opinions because I burned myself out. And then how do I treat the desk itself or the thing that I want to buy, the avocado, the, the gift? Well, then I kind of resent the, the thing itself. And like the desk that I have now has a pretty stressful somatic memory with it because it it took forever to get here and it, would, it took forever to choose and it was just this like long drawn out process. It wasn't a joyful process. So let's now go free of this thought, looking at the same thing. It's like I want to, you know, go into this desk shopping experience uh, free of the thought, I need to buy the best thing. What would that be like? All right, so take a breath with me. <sighs> and if you're familiar with Marie Kondo, I feel like Marie Kondo has figured this out. When I'm free of the belief that I need to buy the best thing, instead what I do is I buy the thing that brings me the most joy, right? That's the, the KonMarie process. What brings the most joy? And then only get those things. Because if it brings me joy, I'm relaxed, I'm at peace. And maybe I do a little bit of research, but I would notice, ooh, that one stands out to me. And actually, as I'm saying it right now, I can see that there's uh, one of the desks that that brings me joy to to just look at, and I, I don't know exactly why it is because it's not the most technical desk that seems to be the best one so far. It somehow it just sort of brings me joy. It's got a nameless quality to it, and I think that's how I'd make more decisions because then I would surround myself with things that bring me joy. So let's go into the turnarounds here. So I need to buy the best thing turns around into I don't need to buy the best thing. All right, three examples. You gotta come up with three examples to really shift the way that you think about it. All right, my first example of how it's true that I don't need to buy the best thing. Well, I already kind of said it, which is I need to buy the thing I love and the even before day one uh, of, of doing the 90-day challenge here, I started doing the work on money for about a week before I decided to really dive into this 90-day challenge. And one of my big breakthroughs was seeing that I'll never have enough money for all the things that I really don't need or don't want. And in this situation, I'll never have enough money for the ultimate best thing ever because it's endless. Even if I get that best thing, it's gonna be outdated, and then I need the next best thing. What I will always have money for is the thing that I really love, the thing that I really love, and that makes the perfect sense in my life right now. 
Another example of how I don't need to buy the best thing. Um, I've been looking at these beautiful cast iron pans that are incredibly expensive, and uh, they seem like the best cast iron pans that exist. Right, Smithy Ironware. Go look it up. You're you're gonna crap yourself with how amazing they are. And I've been stressed about it about thinking about putting you know four hundred dollars into a set of cast irons. And what I saw is that maybe I should take a step back and just see what the universe has to to tell me about this. And then sure enough, one of my housemates. Um, has a grandfather who has something like 300 sets of, or no, 3,000 sets of cast iron pans and has sort of passed down some of them. Uh, and so that housemate is going to receive a bunch of cast iron pans that are really nice. And so I'm not even going to have to buy anything. So I need to buy the best thing. I don't even have to buy anything. I don't need to buy the best thing. Final example here that I have is that the, the best thing seems to be, for me, wrapped up in some kind of weird status game. And I think I inherited it from partially from my dad, where there's this, at least that's what I interpreted, was that, okay, if we have the best thing, I guess it was also coming from my relationship with my friends who had all the latest iPods, is that there's this status that you get from having the best thing. And then you can be respectful if you have the best thing. But if I really think about it, status doesn't bring me joy. It, status doesn't actually, uh, like being impressed, doesn't actually give me anything at the end of the day. But the beauty of something that lights me up, the energy that I get from surrounding myself with things that I love, is a very tangible, experiential uh, sense of joy, which is much, much better of a decision maker than the best thing. All right, and then I've got another slightly strange turnaround for you, but by now you're used to all of the weird turnarounds that I come up with. Hopefully you're coming up with your own. So I need to buy the best thing I'm turning this around into, I need to buy the best me. So my first example is that, well, buying the best something means shopping and putting in all of that research and all of that attention, right? And all of that attention, what I really need to do is give all of that attention to me because I'm spending all of that time stressing myself out in that posture that I was talking about earlier. And what if instead I gave all of that attention to loving my body and to loving my brain and myself and loving the desire to experience a really beautiful desk? What if all of the, the time that I put into buying the best thing was into me? That would create a very different experience, right? That experience of, of joy and peace, right? I need to buy the best me. Another example of how this is true. I need to buy the things that support me the most, more so than the things that appear to be the best, 
by other people's opinions and by my best guess at what will make me look the best or what will seem the best or what I think will give me the best experience. I need to get what supports me emotionally, what supports me practically. Uh, there's, It's a different set of qualities to make a decision based on. Right? What supports me? What brings me joy is different from what's the best thing? Right? Can you feel the difference? All right, last example I have here is I need to buy the best me. I need to invest in me, in my inner self. And the way that I've been doing that is through doing the work and questioning all of these beliefs that lead me to invest in the best thing. But what I really need is to buy the best me and put put time, you know, and using the money of time, which as one of my wise friends um, said years ago, uh, money is just a, a trade-in for time. And so time is really the thing that's, that's even more valuable than money will ever be. And so I need to put that into me. I need to buy me with time. Right? Really spend that, that time inward. All right, so that is breaking down the belief that we need to buy the best thing. So I wish you much luck today on your adventure, whatever whatever you buy or don't buy, and uh, do question these thoughts. Right? It will change your thinking. And do it again and again. That's what I'm seeing is the repetition is what matters the most. The repetition is starting to make me walk down a different path, right? It's like that that old story of you walk down the same path and then you start to notice that you keep walking down the same path and you fall in the hole every time. And then you start to find different ways to fall in the hole. And then you start to see, oh, well, maybe I can, you know, go around the hole. And then eventually you just stop walking down the same path. But each time you do the work, you're layering on those repetitions of trying something new, seeing it in a different way, and then eventually the thought leaves you, as Byron Katie says. All right, that's it for today. I'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the 90 Day Money Challenge. All episodes are available in video form with me, Noe Kalfa, waving my arms and wearing spiffy new outfits every day. You can access these videos and join the conversation by following at Noe Kalfa on Instagram. This podcast is a production of Worth the Journey, with editing help from Simone Sanz and art by Malcolm Rene Ribot. Worth the Journey is the business and marketing agency I created, where you can find everything you need to launch and grow your heart-centered business, from virtual assistance to business coaching to website and graphic design. Our team is seriously amazing. You've got to check us out at worththejourney.com. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.